Welcome to the Ready to Thrive podcast. My name is Jacqueline, and I don't know if you've ever felt like you are just surviving your life. I know I have, and that's why I created this space. I want to help you move from surviving to thriving. My goal is to help you get unstuck and actually enjoy your life. Each week, I'll be sharing practical tips and always point you to Jesus. So what are you waiting for? Let's get ready to thrive. Hello and welcome to Ready to Thrive. This week I am talking to Crystal Payne, the money-saving mom, and she has some incredible stories and I cannot wait to share this conversation with you. But since we are chatting parenting, I wanted to let you know that I have a free download for all of the parents listening. Now, I don't know about you, but by the time my kids are off to bed, I am exhausted and I just want them to go to sleep. So often I would tuck them into bed. I'd lean in close and say something like, dear God, please help this child go to sleep right away. And that was about the extent of my bedtime prayers. I just so badly wanted them to go to sleep. My prayers really were more about begging them to go to sleep than using this time when they were actually paying attention to me and hearing the words that I was speaking over them. And I began to realize, hey, this is an opportunity that I have to speak to them, speak life over them, and really speak the truth of who God is and who he's created them to be. So I began to just throw a little scripture into my prayers. I would remind them that they were fearfully and wonderfully made, that there was no flaw in them, that God has great plans and purposes for their life, nothing too fancy, but I just became a little bit more intentional. And still, sometimes by the end of the night, I just don't have the brain power or creativity to pray over them the way that I want to. So I started writing them down and I created a free downloadable resource for you. Not so you can simply memorize these prayers to say over your kids, but just to begin to be inspired using God's word to speak over and into our kids' lives. Now, you can grab this on the link in the show notes or on my website, JacquelineWidener.com. And if you know of a parent who could use a little encouragement today from two less than perfect parents, send them the link to this show. You can hit the three little dots in the top right corner and click share. Thank you for listening to Ready to Thrive and enjoy this conversation with Crystal Payne. Hello and welcome to Ready to Thrive. I am sitting here and I'm so excited to sit here with Crystal Payne. She's a mom of four, a foster mom, a New York Times bestselling author. She's a very successful entrepreneur and her latest book is Love-Centered Parenting, The No-Fail Guide to Launching Your Kids. And even if you're not a parent, I want you to stick around. There's going to be a whole lot that we talk about that actually really has very little to do with parenting, so much more to do with your heart. And if you are a parent, I just want to say, as you are well aware, but I want to remind you, Crystal and I are not parenting experts by any means. And sometimes we hear parenting things and we just have this little bit of like, ooh, I'm not doing that or this feeling of shame. And I just want to say right off the bat, we're not experts, but both of us um, are coming from this place of like, hey, here is where I have messed up. Here's what I have learned. I want to share some of this with you. And so I would just say, um, just open your heart to Crystal's story and her journey 
And um, I trust it is going to help you um, in your parenting to be able to um, really freely love your kids. And so, Crystal, thank you for being here. Tell me a little bit more about yourself. Yes, and I'm so excited that you set it up like that because for me, it's really weird. I never, ever, ever would have dreamed or envisioned that I would write a book that had parenting on the front of it. You know, I was like, I am the founder of moneysavingmom.com. I, I help you save money at the grocery store. And I talk about um, making money and practical tips for time management and life management. So to write this book on parenting, I just, it's, it's a humbling sort of thing because it's not about, I've got it all figured out. It's about, I've made a lot of mistakes and I've learned from them. And I just want to encourage women to not have that heavy burden that to carry around of guilt like I was for so long. But um, I, like you said, four kids, they're 16, 13, 11, and 11 months. And then we are also fostering a sweet little eight month old um, boy that has a lot of medical complexities. And we just started fostering him two and a half weeks ago. And so we are jumping in and learning all things Down syndrome and cleft lip, cleft palate, feeding tube, all these words that I'm learning that I never even knew existed um, in the last two and a half weeks. My husband and I, we also, we live in the Nashville, Tennessee area. And um, like I said, founder of moneysavingmom.com. And we also have a podcast called the Crystal Payne Show. Wow. Now, just to give people an idea, you started fostering this little boy two and a half weeks ago how long ago did your book launch? Um, so my book launched, let's see, um, a week and a half ago. Yes. Okay. I think, um, I'm thinking, so he came on, well, late, late, we got the call late, late Tuesday night. And so then my book launched the following Tuesday. So. so I'm imagining like, if I am a week away from my book launch, I'm probably not even having people over for dinner. Like that's where, that's my level of like, capacity where I'm like, I, can I handle this? So, um, I know for Crystal, her capacity has grown and her heart has grown. And so there probably, this is one of those interviews. I could talk to Crystal for about four hours. I have so many questions and she has, um, just so many really awesome stories in her life. I want you to give me Crystal, a really quick snapshot of how you went from stay at home mom to money saving mom, entrepreneur extraordinaire. So tell me just how that happened. Yes. So my husband and I got married 18 years ago and we had set this audacious goal that he was going to go through law school and we were going to stay out of debt. And I also wanted to be a stay-at-home mom. That was always my heart's desire was to have kids and homeschool them and stay at home just like my mom did. But I've also always had this really strong entrepreneurial bent. I'm the, I'm the kid who like had the lemonade stands when I was four years old and set up this little library at my family's house. And you had to pay fines if you didn't return your books correctly and everything, always looking for a way to make a little money. And um, so my husband started in law school and then we quickly found out that we were pregnant, which um, we were super excited about. Um, we had been trying for about the first year. And so finding this out was really exciting, but it was also then I was really sick in my pregnancy. And so I was working some part-time jobs as a nanny for some a few different families and just couldn't keep up with that pace. So came home just saying, well, I, I want to be a stay-at-home mom here. I'm kind of thrust into this. I'm grateful for that. But at the same time, we want to stay out of debt and we need to put food on the table and a roof over our head. And so just really 
saying, okay, what can I do from home? So I started researching everything that I could about making money online. This was back in 2004 um, when um, blogging was a very, very brand new phenomenon. And I kind of fell into it through some Yahoo groups that I was a part of. Yes, that used to be a thing before social media. And um, then I started this blog. I also started trying a lot of other things, but really discovered that I loved blogging. So I was blogging on there on a lot of different topics and people started asking about how we were, you know, staying out of debt and um, going through law school. And they found out that we had a $30 grocery budget and started just asking a lot of questions. I started blogging about that and realized that there was a real need and um, interest in that topic. And so in 2007, started MoneySavingMom.com, kind of picturing it was going to be the side thing that I was going to do in addition to some other side things that I was doing from home. And within a year, we were making a full-time income from the blog. And in 2014, my husband quit his law firm and came home and it's our full-time thing. So, wow, that is incredible. And so um, taking a hard pivot to another part of your story, um, you are now money-saving mom. Your husband has come home. You have three kids. Your desire is to have a fourth child. So can you tell me just a little bit about that story? Yes. Um, so we had never, we've actually never used any form of birth control, um, which people just find that really crazy, but I was raised in a family of nine. There were seven kids in my family. And, um, my husband also came from a large family and, we really wanted to have a lot of kids, but we had the, our first three and then, you know, and it wasn't, I, like I said, we tried for a year and then kind of got pregnant in succession. And then all of a sudden, um, I wasn't getting pregnant, but we had these three kids and, you know, life was full for the first few years. You weren't really thinking like it, we weren't thinking about it a lot. Um, and then as time went on and our kids started asking, you know, can we have another brother or sister? And we were thinking, well, we'd love that too, but that's not happening. And it, as time went on and on, we just started thinking, well, I don't know if this is going to happen. And there was a lot of sadness in that. Um, we ended up then when it had been about nine years, we went in and did fertility testing because we both just really felt like, like we, it, this sounds weird, but we both felt like we were supposed to have two more kids, which this, I don't know. Sometimes you just have these weird feelings or whatever, like that was the thing. And um, so we went and did all the fertility testing and we were expecting that, you know, we were going to do IUI, IVF, something like that. We were really open to whatever plan they came up with because we really felt like, um, you know, we just really wanted to have another child and um, two children. And uh, then at the end of all the testing that they did, we went in for our meeting that you go in with the doctor and you're supposed to like present your plan to you. Here's your plan of action. And there was no plan of action. Um, what he showed us from all the results of our tests um, were that it was really, according to them, like pretty medically impossible for them to create, um, you know, even IVF, they couldn't create a healthy embryo based um, from, you know, us. And that was really, really devastating um, because, you know, you psyched yourself up for this. You've done all your research. I'm like, this is going to be the year, you know, and for them to just say, basically, it, it can't happen. It's medically impossible. And, you know, we saw the test results. And um, so it took us probably about six months of just really grieving that loss and, um, 
it really, it, this is weird for me to say, but it felt like grieving the loss of these two children that I had kind of felt like, like fallen in love with and opened up my heart to, and then they, they weren't, that was never going to happen. Um, but we started just focusing on, you know, the gift that we have these three children. And I don't even know when you look at all those test results, how do we have three children? And just really being so grateful for that and saying, okay, God, we're going to just throw our life into what you have before us, because we could spend all our life wishing that something were different. Um, but we want to be content where you have us and grateful for where you have us. And so we did that. And then God opened up the door for foster care. And that was not really something, I mean, you know, we were familiar with it, but it wasn't ever something that we were both like, wow, someday we're going to foster. It was, there was just one of some friends of ours, they were fostering and walking closely with them. We were just, our hearts were opened up to the need. We had no idea. There were so many children in our area that needed families to love them and take them in, um, that children were sleeping in the DCS offices at night because there weren't any families for them to go to. And we just started praying about it and really felt this call to foster care. And so we started in on that journey, which is a lot of training and paperwork and more paperwork and lots of meetings and home study and all the things. Um, and the last week of our last home study visit, she was supposed to show up and just do the final walkthrough to, you know, check off our home. Everything's good. I was feeling really, really stressed, which, um, as I talk about in love center parenting, got to just change so much in my heart. And I was just parenting from this place of peace. And, you know, we were super excited about this foster care thing. Why was I stress mess? Like going around the house, like this needs to be taken care of. And this is not, and my husband was like, what is wrong with you? And I was thinking, what is wrong with me? I've been nauseous. I'm having these headaches and I'm super stressed. And this is so not like how I usually have been living from. And he, you know, we were both like, well, you are two weeks late. So maybe you're going through menopause. Maybe this is early menopause. So we were going to um, call my OBGYN. And, but then my husband's like, you know what they're going to ask you? They're going to say, are you late? And I'm going to say yes. And they're going to be like, have you taken a pregnancy test? And so he's like, I'm just going to go get one and you just take it and then you can call them. So we went and he got one and I took it. And it was one of those digital tests. And I hadn't taken one before because it's been a long time since I'd taken a pregnancy test. And it popped up right away and it said pregnant. And I was like, oh, well, it must take a while for it to say not to like, we'll just wait for that not to come up. And I waited and I waited and it was three minutes. And I was finally like, I have been nauseous. I have, you know, it's like listing off the things. And I was like, but how is this? You know, so I call him back in and we were just in shock of, like, and then this foster care thing, you know, what on earth, like, what are we supposed to do about that? And, um, and this was right before I had just committed to sign a three book deal with Bethany house and, um, the timing of it all was just like, you knew, okay, God, you're doing something here that is so far beyond what we ever dreamed or imagined. And we're just going to trust you and be along for the ride. Um, but it did take me a long time to actually believe that I was actually having a baby, like literally the baby. I mean, I feel like I was probably 25 or 30 weeks before I was like, this is actually happening because you just kind of closed down that part of your like soul that, that, that was ever going to be a thing again. And so it was very, it was a very weird sort of experience, but, 
Um, yeah. So then we've also fostered, um, we fostered a sweet little boy for eight months, came, um, came home from the NICU four weeks before I had Kirsten. And so we had two little babies, um, for eight months last year. And now we have an eight month old and 11 month old. Um, and we're on this two little babies again journey. Um, but like I was telling you before we started the interview, you know, for 11 years of not having a baby, and then we've brought home three babies in less than a year. So God's plans are sometimes so far beyond what we could ever dream or imagine. Wow. I feel like if everybody didn't catch that, they brought home a baby from the NICU four weeks before she gave birth. And so, um, I just love what, um, I just love that God has opened your heart in that way. But I also want to just touch on that one thing that you said that I thought was so powerful. Cause I think people will be able to relate to that, which was that you had really closed the door to the dream because there had been years. And I know there have been years before that, where it's like, you're hoping, and this is the journey of a woman, I really believe on infertility. It's like this silent, like solo journey. Every single month, there's this bit of hope. Maybe you're a day late, two days late, something. And then it gets, that hope gets dashed. And so really there's this, almost this kind of protection around your heart. And then a, um, almost a like perspective or you're like, well, we have these three kids. Okay. You're doing all these things to just kind of say, I'm going to be okay with that dream not happening. Mm -hmm. And then when the dream is happening, you're like, I am having a really hard time even fathoming, even as you're walking around with this ever growing belly. And um, so I would just, the thing I wanted to touch on for people who are listening is again, your dream might not be connected to having a baby, it could really be something in your career, um, maybe a financial dream, um, maybe a dream of marriage. Like, I don't know what that thing is for you, but sometimes we've spent so long in that place of discouragement and disappointment that we are afraid to dream again. And so if when Crystal was talking about that, if that really resonates with you, I just would encourage you after this episode to spend some time with God and, and just say, Hey, what dreams am I afraid to believe for again? What dreams have I allowed to be buried? And what are the dreams you would want to begin to unearth? And even for Crystal, she was so surprised the way this dream came about. And then they've had these three babies, which I think is just like, God writes the coolest stories that we don't always love as we're walking through them. Uh, but he really is the God of redemption and of more than enough. And so that's my encouragement for whoever's listening that, you know, I don't know what your thing is that what that dream in your heart is, but I want you to use crystal stories, just this um, story of hope, faith building encouragement, and just to spend that time with God to say, Hey, is there something I've I've allowed to just really be buried in my heart. Is there something that maybe um, that dream still has um, a chance and it, it's going to look a little bit different. So thank you for sharing that. Uh, with yes. us well. and I also was going to say, you know, one of the things is looking back, there are, we never, I don't believe that we would have, we would be fostering if it wasn't for that death of that dream. Um, and that I'm just so grateful for that opportunity 
to, you know, we look back on this last year and how much our hearts have grown and how much God has stretched us in these really beautiful ways, but also um, to have so much more compassion and empathy and understanding and things that we have gotten to step into and, you know, walking with um, our sweet little boy that we um, fostered last year, walking with his mama and, you know, just cheerlead and support her and see her get healthy and see that redemption. Like, it's just such a beautiful thing. And I just think, you know, how sometimes it feels like God is not answering your prayers and he's not fulfilling your dreams. You don't know what he has in your future. You don't know what this period of waiting, how he's going to use that in something really powerful and profound that you wouldn't have ever stepped into if you hadn't had that period of waiting. That's so good. Well, I want to dive into your book. I have loved your book. This, um, this book has the word parenting on the title, but the very first part of this book is going to speak to uh, the parent's heart. And as I started reading, I was like, oh, I, I, this is right up my alley. I love this. I love that you dive into this idea of really being aware of and dealing with these lies um, in our heart, replacing them with truth and really in many ways, healing the parent's heart before we even get into all of the things with our kids. And I want to come back to that. That's where we're going to, we're going to take this conversation, but I want to start with where was the, what was the catalyst for this book? Where did this book come from? Yeah. So four years ago, one of my kids went through a really, really hard season and um, it started with one day at school drop-off, my kids were going to this little Christian school in our area and the, the principal met my husband at school drop-off and he said, I need to meet with you and your wife and your child after school. And we knew that wasn't a good thing. My husband came home and he's like, what, like, what are we missing? What did, you know, what happened this week? What did we not, did it, one of our kids act weird, you know, and we were just racking our brain and we went into that meeting and found out that our child had done something that um, was really severe and had broken school's code of conduct. And um, it just kind of then set this child on this spiral downward of um, anxiety and depression. And I, I open up the book talking about walking into the ER and saying my child's suicidal. And um, I just really, my heart for this book was I, I wanted people to know that I'm not writing this from a place of I've got this figured out and you should follow me and you should look, you know, you should look to me for your parenting advice, but really, you know, walking through this hard season and that there's hope and what God did in my heart in that season and how so much of it wasn't about fixing a situation, but it was about God healing my heart. And, um, it was just a really beautiful journey, even though it was really beautiful. It was really brutal as well. God used so much, so much of that hard for so much good in my heart. And he really had to teach me and I had to learn how to be reparented by him so that I could radically change the way that I parented my kids. Tell me more about that journey of healing your heart. Cause I think, um, that is something that we, until you've been through that journey, I think it's hard to understand, um, 
because there comes this, this point where we can all grow in our, our self-awareness, but it's hard to kind of get there. And I've had these aha moments. Actually, the other day I was in the shower and I looked up, we've lived in this house for almost 10 years. And I look up and I notice that the place where um, the corner, like the wall, one wall meets the other wall. I was like, those are two different paint colors. I had no idea. We've lived here for almost 10 years. Those are not the same color. And that's what I think happens in our heart where we go, oh, whoa, I, I have been, I've, I've actually been really hurt from in this one area of my life. And that's why I'm responding in fear over here or in performance or in anger. And there is this thing that happens where you realize, wow, look at the paint color. Okay, now what am I going to do about it? And so I think um, I would just love to know from you, like, where have you had these aha moments, this awareness and how, what does that journey look like for you? Yeah. So it, I would feel like one of the first aha moments for me was we were in this just really desperate place of our child was struggling so much. And it felt like everything that we were doing was making things worse. And they just were lashing out. And so just couldn't be controlled. They couldn't control their emotions. We couldn't control. And it was just felt so helpless because what do we do? Our child needs help. And so we were able to finally get them into a therapist. And I remember sitting on the couch in that therapist office. It was our initial session before we brought our child in. Um, The therapist wanted to meet with me and my husband. And I remember just saying to her, like, if there's anything that I can do, anything that I can change as a parent, would you please let me know? Because I just want to help my child and I can't seem to figure out how to do that. And a few weeks later, after she'd had multiple sessions with our child, she had dismissed my child and she called me in and she said, I think you're trying so hard to fix your child. What would it look like to just walk with them instead? And I started paying attention. It was like that paint color moment of paying attention to how I'm responding to my kids. And I realized that Anytime something wasn't going the way that I thought it should be going, maybe they're fighting or my child is lashing out or you get a email from school that something had happened or you, you hear them saying something that you feel like that they're not supposed to be saying. I just kind of wanted to swoop in and fix it. And so it's like, I would preach a sermon. I would shut it down. I would, you know, say, okay, you need to ask forgiveness. We need, we don't act like that. That's not how we behave. This is not who we are. You you know, you need to change. And so I was just dealing with the surface stuff and I was trying so hard to fix it and tie a bow around it and have it be better. And I wasn't actually getting beneath the surface to what was going on in my kids' hearts. And I realized I was parenting so much for my reputation because I cared so much what other people thought of me. So it was about my reputation instead of my relationship with my kids. And as I really dug down deeper to where is this coming from? Why am I responding like this? Why is that so important to me? I realized that I just wanted approval. I wanted approval from others, but ultimately I wanted approval from God. I wanted to be a good mom and be that good Christian because I thought that that was what was going to earn his favor. And I realized that I was believing so many lies and 
a lot of it, those lies were then the labels that I was leading with and what I was living under. And so I was living out of that belief of I'm a failure. I'm a disappointment to those closest to me. And I need to do more, be more, try harder in order to attain God's love. And when I started to see those things as lies, and it took me a while, like I really had to examine the narrative in my head and pay attention to what I was allowing to swirl around in my head and the words that I was saying about myself and realizing those are not things that that are coming from a place of love. They're not coming from a place of truth. This is not what God says about me in his word. This is not something I would allow someone to say about my kids or someone that I love, but yet I'm allowing it to take up so much resonance in my head and then be the outflow of my life. And so I had to recognize them as lies, but then I didn't just recognize them. I had to replace them with truth. And so I talk about this a lot in Love Center Parenting because it's so easy to, you know, buy a new chore chart or read a three-step plan for yelling less at your kids, or, you know, here's your quick fix to change your kid's attitude. But so much of it is so much deeper than that. And we can slap these bandages on these surface issues, but if we don't ever deal with the root and where this is actually coming from and why we're actually yelling at our kids in the first place or why we're trying to fix this situation, it's never really going to change. And so digging down deep to the root and dealing with the root of this approval idol that I had, that it was, I wanted approval. And until I could understand how much I am loved by God, my heavenly father, when he looks at me, he sees me as beautiful. I don't need to do more, be more, try harder, be better in order to receive his love. When he looks at me, I'm covered in Jesus blood and I am forgiven and he sees me as Jesus. And so it just takes away all of this need to try to earn and win other people's approval, to try to earn and win his approval. When I can just stand in that, as Jennifer Dukesley talks about being pre-approved in Christ. And so this book for me, this message is about so much deeper than, you know, that three-step quick fix, whatever thing. And it's about relearning to the depths of my soul, how much I'm loved by God, because I truly believe you can't give what you don't have. And so it's really hard to love your kids well if you don't <clears throat> if you don't believe that you are loved by your creator. You cannot be a conduit of God's love to your kids if you don't believe that he loves you in the first place. And you know it's easy to say God loves me, but how are you actually acting? And what is the fruit of your belief, because what you actually allow to take up residence in your head, what you think dictates how you live. And so what is the narrative that is in your head and is it truth? And when I was able to shift that narrative over a long process of replacing lies with truth and, and live out of that truth, it truly changed everything for me. Wow. I really hope that people pause this go back and listen again. Cause I think, um, uh, everything that Crystal shared there, um, again, isn't just theory. This is what she's lived out. This is what I have lived out. This is actually, if you listen to my conversation with Dr. Caroline Leaf, this is very similar. She talks about getting to the root of things. Um, Arden Bevere, we talked about this, getting rid of labels. So 
this is a theme I really think God is trying to get across to people right now. And um, I did a an IG live recently that um, was talking about, I called it the party in your head and how if you've ever been to a, just kind of a, let's say a house party and it gets a bit rowdy and there's a point where you're like, oh, let's like, let's get rid of those. How did those people get in here? Let's get rid of them um, because we, we want to have a really nice, fun, safe, calm party. And it's just kind of that thing that's going on in your head where you go, oh, those, those thoughts have been there for a very long time. I actually had no idea they weren't the truth. I had no idea they weren't helping me and being able to say, you know what, I'm going to, I'm, I'm the bouncer. Like I'm the one who has to kick them out. And what Crystal was saying, or Crystal was saying here was we're replacing them with the truth of God's word. And so, you know, when we read the Bible, it's not just ticking off like a to-do list. We're actually absorbing the truth in our mind. We're spending time with God so that he tells us who we are. He's going to really tell us, he's going to tell us in his voice of love. It's not a voice of accusation. And, and that is also going to be kind of this, you know, when we are not the strong enough bouncers, God comes in with his strong arms. And he's like, I'm, as you believe how much I love you, as Crystal was saying, you don't have to earn my love. That is going to kick out those lies. And I know that Crystal would also say it's a, it's not a one and done. It's really, it's a daily thing. It's that renewing our mind. It is that taking those lies captive. Um, but sometimes at first, I, I talk about it like going to the gym. If you haven't gone to the gym in a really long time, you're like, I am so intimidated. I don't know what any, any of these machines are. I'm also really weak. And then you go to the machine every day or you go to the gym every day, you get stronger and you get stronger. And it actually becomes a lot easier to identify the lies from the truth. And what I love to share with people as well is when you do this work, my friend Latasha calls it the hard work of heart work. When you do this in the daytime, what happens is when those lies come at you in the middle of the night, you are way better at being able to kick them out and actually sleep deeper. Because I know, especially for the moms who are listening, you've woken up at 3 a.m. with some crisis with your kid that you cannot solve at 3 a.m., but for some reason your brain is trying to tell you you need to. Um, or some fear or something. And so when we deal with those lies in the daytime, it really does help us sleep more deeply. So I love, I love all of what Crystal shared. She shares that in her book. And so um, again, if you're not a parent, this is still a great book uh, to get to tackle some of those things in your heart. Um, because I think for all of us, we continue to have those negative thoughts. We continue to have those lies and those things. And I think there really is a freedom that comes. Um, I love talking about the, I love talking about the heart because I think um, Matthew 12, 34, it talks about out of the heart, the mouth speaks, right? And so if you find yourself speaking out anger and you're frustrated and, and like Crystal said, you're wanting the three-step plan to deal with it, well, go straight to the source, go straight to the heart and find out what, what got in there? Like, what is, what is the root? And sometimes for anger, the root really is fear. 
And it is in that place of sitting with God. I, I talk about how the Holy Spirit is like this mirror that shows us, it reflects to us what's really going on. When you know what's really going on, when we have that aha moment, like we talked about with the paint color, like, oh, now I see clearly now, now we can do something about it. So I love that that's for you where your, your journey really started. Um, Cause I think that's something, you know, we all want the quick fix. We want the three-step plan. We want the, we want the action plan of this is how I'm going to solve what's going on with my family, what's going on with my kid. Um, can I just ask you, as this was going on in your heart, how did you sort of, I don't want to say ride it out with your kid, but how did you kind of trust and know, because you're still in that place of like, we're walking through a really hard place. So I want to just speak to the woman who right now is in that place with a child who feels like, I feel very hopeless. I don't know what to do. Um, what would you say to that woman? I think the most important thing that you can do is to cling to God and to realize that he is Emmanuel, God with us. And he wants to be with you, even in this really dark place, this place that feels probably so overwhelming. It feels like you're just drowning with fear. You're drowning with, um, you know, thinking of how's this all going to play out? You, you don't have the answers, but God can meet you and be with you. And so to keep clinging to him, to keep going to him when you feel so overwhelmed and to be honest with him about how you're feeling. I think sometimes we try to sanitize our prayers. Like we feel like we can't just tell him the deepest, darkest, ugliest fears that we're having, but to just put it out there. And I think there's some relief that comes when we're saying, God, I can't do this in my own strength. And I'm really scared. And maybe I'm angry and I'm upset and I'm hurt. All the things, you know, putting it out there for God. But then also to get a few trusted people in your life who can walk with you, who can hold your arms up in this space where there are going to be days when you feel like I can't do this and that they can remind you of the truth, that they can keep pointing you back to the Lord and that they are with you as well. Because I think community, we see this all throughout scripture. That is such an integral piece of our relationship with the Lord, that it's not just, we're not just on an Island by ourselves. And so being willing to be honest with just a few people, you don't need to go tell everybody, just a few people that can walk with you and remind you of the truth. And, um, and then just asking God for light for the next step, because He's probably not going to show you what the next four years are going to look like or the next four months or even the next four days, but he can give you wisdom and light for the next four minutes. And really knowing that as a child of God, you have his spirit in you and you can cry out to his spirit to help you. And I think sometimes we want that four-step plan because we almost like we want to re replace the Holy Spirit. You know, we don't want to have to cry out to, to God's spirit and say, I need you. I don't know what to do. I don't know the next step. I can't do this in my own strength. Would you please help me and just give me wisdom for this next conversation? These, you know, this next little journey that I have to walk this next hour, give me what I need. Cause I can't do it in my own strength. And there's just this really beautiful place to be where you feel like you cannot do it in your own strength, but you don't have to, because God is with you and he is not going to leave or forsake you. Well, that is such a beautiful place for us to end. There's so much wisdom there. And um, again, one of the lies we can believe sometimes is that it's better for us to keep it to ourselves. And so as Crystal was saying, 
um, to find like one, two or three people to share and be really honest with, um, I think is really key that your story, what you're going through is not too much for people. You're not a, you're not a burden to your friends. Sometimes we don't want like to be the, the person who has the problem. Um, but that is going to be opening up to a few people is going to be so key being really honest with God. And, um, and that line hit me as Crystal was saying, we are not, we want to be our own Holy spirit. So, um, so much wisdom, Crystal, I don't want to keep you any longer. You have two babies at home right now that you need to go tend to. Uh, but I know people, uh, I'm going to enjoy listening to this episode again. I know people, um, will have moved one step closer to thriving and where can people find you? Where can they find your new book? So I love for people to follow me on Instagram. That's my favorite place to hang out. I'm that money saving mom on Instagram and just share a lot of um, behind the scenes of life and just encouragement for women and just to practically live out intention and joy and what it looks like to like live from this place of peace and things that I'm wrestling through. And there's lots of baby pictures and money saving tips there as well. So the money saving mom on Instagram. Um, if you want frugal tips and encouragement, moneysavingmom.com and the book is available wherever books are sold. Love it. Well, thank you so much for being here. Go give those cute little babies a squeeze. Thank you so much for the opportunity. Wasn't that a great conversation? Now, the thing I have loved from Crystal's book is how she began to first identify the lies that were taking place in her own life. And if you want to dive a little bit deeper into that process for yourself, check out my free Lies versus Truth download, also available on my website, or grab my Tangled course and really begin to break free from all that is holding you back from running the race God has for you. I hope this episode's helped you move one step closer to thriving. Have a great day, friends. Can I just say thank you for listening? This space has been incredibly encouraging for me this past year. And as I am being deeply encouraged by these conversations, I trust you are as well. And I'm not going to ask you to rate the show or subscribe, but I am going to ask if while you were listening today, a friend popped into your mind and you thought, hmm, I think they could use this encouragement. Can I ask you to share this episode with them, with one person? When I listen to podcasts on my phone, there are three little dots at the bottom right, and I click there to share. Also, can I say sometimes I don't share with others as I'm worried about what they'll think of me if they think I'm bugging them by sharing something, but when someone shares something with me, I am never bothered. Often it is the exact thing I needed to hear. So if someone popped into your mind, Click those three little dots and share this encouraging conversation with them. And thank you for listening to Ready to Thrive.